Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Hope everyone's doing well. Wow. Where do I even start this week with um, <laughs> what happened with the uh, Atromitos Ike fiasco, uh, Measure Gate, or whatever you want to call it, Tape Gate, as I've heard it called. Um, I'll talk about that later on in the podcast. I want to touch on, obviously, the big, big victory against Olympiacos in the cup semifinal. Um, just, I'm still beaming with happiness. I've, it, you know, Olympiacos has really, really had our number the past few seasons. Even I felt like when we played better or when Olympiacos just haven't had that, that quality on the pitch, We've ne- we haven't been able to beat them in a while. I mean, the last 16 matches before this cup match was uh, 11 losses for Ike and five draws. So nice to get even this monkey off our back. Another derby in Philadelphia. Uh, I, I don't want to get uh, tiring by saying this all the time, but it's so amazing to see this stadium in action. I cannot wait to see it in person. It just this team has a different feel to it being in the stadium of course I mean look it comes down to the players it comes down to obviously the manager what can we say like I wish I could just give this guy a big hug and a kiss um anyway but let me start the podcast off with with some other news um I would like to take a moment and just remember the gate seven tragedy uh the 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 42nd anniversary I don't know if you really want to call it an anniversary, but um, that happened on February 8th, 1981. Um, Olibacos fans gathered in Gate 7, you know, where all the Olibacos ultras or fanatics sit. Um, After a massive victory in the league against Ike, I think they won either 6-0 or 6-1. They were rushing out of the stadium to go celebrate the stadium at the gate at the bottom of the stadium was locked, so it pretty much became a death trap. Um, 21 people lost their lives. Families, you know, they're still to this day mourning these losses. Um, just terrible, terrible thing. Worst day in, in, in Greek sports and one of the most tragic days in in the history of Greece. Uh, just very, very sad. Um, I always try to remember them on that day. Like I said on my post and you know, on social this week, um, and I feel like I say the same words every year. Death has no color, no club. You know, um, I mean, to be opadicos about it now would be foolish. You know, I mean, we all have friends that are different clubs. I have family members that are different clubs. And it doesn't matter that it was Olympiacos. It, it, it doesn't matter. At this point, it, you know, tragedy is tragedy. And being human and being compassionate is most important. Um you know, it's something that even in my own immediate family, like it's, it affected the mindset of my parents every time I would leave being Greece and tell my parents that I'm going to the, to the stadium to watch a match. Of course, my parents would be like, and, um, you know, just sad. My brother tells me stories about how he remembers that exact day, that exact where he was, that exact moment when the, when all this news broke, he was about 10 years old at the time. Um, just a very sad day. May their memories be eternal, like I said. Ionia and Mimitus. 
they'll, ne they'll never be forgotten in the minds of all Greeks, not just sports fans, but all Greeks. Um, and then also my prayers go out to the victims, the victims and families and everyone that's been affected by the earthquakes in uh, Syria and Turkey. I know we've had our differences government-wise with Turkey, with the shenanigans that Erdogan and that pretty much he's, he's running a dictatorship, um, but not to get all geopolitical, but you know, Ilai, the people, the Ftenis Etipota, that's not their fault in some ways. <laughs> um, not to make a joke of it, but you know, just uh, prayers go out to those people. Anyway, let's move on, guys. Aikolibiakos. Um, this was a cup semifinal in Philadelphia, the first Aikolibiakos derby. So let me kick this off from the beginning. All right, so Wednesday, the uh, the squad list came out, and I think everyone was kind of surprised. You know, Jonsson wasn't on the squad list. Rota wasn't on the squad list. Mukudi, and you're like, okay, are we dealing with a lot more injuries than we thought? Like, what's going on here? A lot, slowly, as I started hearing some reports saying that Almeida's probably going to go with a more cup lineup, the team that he's played in the cup, which for me, it, it kind of like red flags went off because I'm like, okay, um, I understand that and I totally get that. And that happens in, in, in all leagues. You know, it happened last year. I forget which cup it was. It may have been the FA Cup or the League Cup that Liverpool was playing with Chimikas, where Chimikas was the starting uh, the starting back for Liverpool, and he played all the way through. Um, he actually made the winning penalty, if you guys remember. But my thing is, this is much more bigger than that. It's the first Iconibacos match in, in the new stadium. You know, we know that losses are going to come eventually. Yes, it's been a fortress this year, and hopefully long may it continue. It's going to be a fortress for years to come. It's going to be hard for any team to come in there and get a victory. But my thought process is being a little fanboyish, thinking about it like I I don't want this to be the first loss. I don't want this to be the first loss against Onibekos. I don't want the first loss to be against a rival. I mean, I don't want us ever to lose, but eventually it's going to happen. You know, if it happens a year or so down the road after a few games, so be it. Not the first loss. We don't need anything else that freaking Onibakos fans can pretend to hang over our heads, right? Um, so I looked at the squad list and I was like, okay, why are all these people out? I was automatically worried about two positions. Obviously, Mukudi not being there. Who the heck's going to start at center back? I was worried about Rota not being there. You know, Sidibe, yeah, he's had a few good games, but he's also had a few terrible games. Anyway, and then when I saw the lineup about an hour before kickoff, I was like, oh gosh, this, I mean, it didn't look terrible. And this isn't only a team that I felt like could come in there and crush us. Um, they have quality, but they just haven't played well as a team this year. More on that later. I just... I panicked when I saw the center back pairing of Zadvelas Mitoglu. But the one thing that makes me kind of calm down to my thought process is Almeida. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm being truthful about this. I'm not just saying it now after the match. I'm saying in that moment, I'm like, okay, if he did not see good things out of them in, in training, he would not put them in this match. 
but it still scared me. <laughs> I mean, uh, we all know how bad that center back pairing was last year. You guys have heard me talk about it on this podcast numerous times. Individually, I feel like they're great players. They just haven't meshed well together for some reason. They were not a good pairing since last year. I was a little concerned, right? And then Olibekos came out with their lineup. I saw a lot of changes in their lineup. They kind of tried to keep it secret. I think it was, on my end, on their end, smart by Mitzel to kind of do that, to kind of have a start that, you know, every 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 match, I feel like, is a between the managers, is a, is a chess match. It's just, you know, who can outthink the other manager who can outmaneuver the other manager and I think it was smart on Mitzel's part because he's like okay let me keep I guessing because you know what if he is thinking okay I'm gonna Almeida's thinking I'm gonna start Stimanski instead of Galanopolo if uh Hamas is playing if Hamas is not playing I'm gonna put Galanopolo in there you know something like that to kind of get a strategic edge I think it was smart on Mitzel's part to kind of do that um the lineup Olibekos' lineup didn't scare me when it came out. The one person that did, obviously, because he's hurt us so bad. He's played so well against us. I saw El Alambi, and I was like, great. I'm like, gosh, he's got to go against Velas and Mitoglu. I can see how this ends. Him putting in a late winner, the score being like 1-1, and him putting in a late winner. That was my worst-case scenario in the back of my head. And the other part of me, the football th- the football lover in me said, okay, this seems like it's going to be a pretty open match. You know, with the away goal rule being gone, not to say that you don't want to, that you don't want to concede in a cup match, but it's not the end of the world if you at least win the match, you know, 2-1 or 3-2 or something like that. And I really thought at the beginning it was going to be that, like a high scoring match like that. Um, so anyway, so I think despite what a lot of people think in the Greek media, obviously, to talk about our team first, Almeida, he went with his normal game plan. Yes, there were nine changes to the normal starting 11. Uh, You know, uh, kudos to Almeida, because this is what builds character in a team. This, you showing trust in these players that I feel like every I could see last May wanted, you know, they they wanted Mandalo gone, including myself. They wanted, uh, I didn't think Garcia was even worth the crap at that point. I want, I, like, I did not have trust in this team. Did not have trust in that center back pairing. I trusted Mitoglu because I think he's a young kid and I didn't want him to get burnt out. Did not trust Javelas. Um... Just for, and you know, Steven Zuber, what has he heard over the past year? We didn't know he was dealing with that injury, Injury, blah, blah, blah. You know, people still don't think he's up to par. I, I, I see him getting better. But kudos to Almeida for giving this team, what I'm going to call them, a redeemed team. This second lineup, however you want to word it. You know, I've heard it worded in, in a lot of different ways in the media the past few days. This cup lineup, second lineup. I call them the redeem team because they redeem themselves. And it was so good for the players. It's good for the mentality. It's good for their confidence. 
uh, it's good for their confidence going forward because what if people start getting injured? What if we have to, at one point, have to go with Zavellas and Mitoglu? You know, if they had a terrible game and we lost and, and uh, you know, everyone would have been down Almeida's throat, including myself. I'm not going to lie about that because football is an emotional sport. You try to take the emotion out of it, but in that moment, you know, you, you're going to overreact. I mean, that's just the nature of football fans, right? So... Big, big ups to Almeida. Big, big ups to these players for showing up. This this shows how much confidence he has in the team. How much when he says, "I all our players are great players, he truly means it and believes it. And this just goes to show you, like, I believe in you. Because what would this say if he went out with the same, uh, the like, you know, the, the fanboy in me, the hardcore IG in me? wanted the real lineup to come out because I feel like if the real lineup would have came out from the beginning, this would have been a freaking onslaught. And I feel like we owe it to you back us for all the suffering we've had over the past few years. Um, but it props to him for just sticking with this lineup and saying, okay, these players got us here in this competition. I'm going to stick with them, at least for this game. Uh, very, very big ups, you know, Ike stuck to their game plan, that high press, high intensity. Let's see if we can force the defense to make mistakes. Let's see if we can steal the ball in good position and get the ball forward moving fast. Fast pace, passing, really putting pressure on Olibiakos. Olibiakos came out in a different way. Um, you know, I feel, not to say that it's unwarranted, but... The Greek media has been really rough on Mitzel, obviously, the past few days. Uh, I think if we were in the reverse position, we would probably be harsh on Almeida, whoever the manager is, having lost 3-0 in a, in a deadbeat slash cup semifinal. Um, but I did think he came in with a decent game plan. He tried to take the game to Ike. He tried with his players to press up high, um, to try to force Ike players to make mistakes. He tried to... Instead of playing a possession football at times, he tried to kind of get to the back door of Ike to uh, get the ball forward, lob the ball forward, and get behind the defense with fast players like Gary Rodriguez and El Arambi. Um And a couple times it worked. You guys saw it in the game. You know, Gary Rodriguez toyed with Hadzi um, Safi, who still had a decent game, but he's not that speedy player. We, You know, it. this was a game that was... This was a plan that was well calculated by um, uh, Mitzel, but the problem is, to start talking about the first half action, obviously in the two and a half minute mark, Ike are up 1-0 because of a mistake from uh, Vrusai. Zubit is able to steal the ball right outside of Libacos' box and just passes the ball into Levy Garcia and give credit to Levy Garcia, hands down. Obviously, this guy's been working on his finishing because I saw him get the ball in the position where he got the ball. And I thought to myself, I'm like, he's not going to score. He's not going to score. This is going to go out. And then when I saw the ball hit the back of the net, obviously, I cheered. It felt exhilarating. It felt so opposite of what the script normally is. You know, normally we go into Karaskaki and we've seen this happen before where we can see the a fast goal, or even versus Olibiakos. You guys remember that onslaught a few years ago where Akibu Kamara, was it last year, where he um, scored that first goal in like the second minute of the game? It was, you know, it 
it was kind of the reverse, and you kind of saw like a deflated Olympiacos team a little bit after that. Um, to their credit, they tried to come out and press like, like I said, try to do the things the manager told them to do. Um, like I said, Gary Rodriguez, I think between we scored the second goal in the 27th minute. Um, Gary Rodriguez got behind the defense one time, got loose against Mohamadi. I mean, not Mohamadi, uh, Haji Safi, and uh, honestly should have put a should have put it away. It hit the bar. Um, I don't think. Look, thinking about it in that moment, I said, okay, this could have changed the trajectory of the game. This could have been a game changer had that gone in. Even though Ike was was pressing, Ike looked like the better team. If that ball goes in, then looking at the game as a whole, I don't think that would have happened. I think that would have just made a difference in the scoreline. It would have been 3-1, possibly even higher, because I feel like if you... If we would have went into the second half just leading 2-1, I think Almeida would have made some changes earlier on. But, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. The game the game was still 1-0 at the time. Um, like I said, that that was Olivecos' game plan. A couple times they tried to get the ball to El Arambi, um, tried to take advantage of, this, of the speed up front. Um, so I didn't think it was a bad game plan. It just didn't pan out. I mean, you're automatically... Olympiacos, and I was saying this to one of my friends the other day, talking about, or yeah, talking about post-match, um, you know, we were kind of, uh, he called me on the phone, we were kind of chatting a little bit about it, and um, he obviously, he was feeling very, very frustrated. Now, I tend to be very neutral. If someone wants to talk to me after a loss, I'm not going to be a fanboy, I'm not going to quote it to you, because that's just my personality, because I wouldn't want someone to do that with me. Uh, to call me after a loss and start, you know, running their mouth because I'm not going to be very nice about it. But um, we were just having a good conversation. And I told them, I said, listen, you guys look like the team we were last year where we had good quality players, obviously with the right manager. We've proven that this year that they, this team had quality. And it was one of the frustrating points that I had about our team last year was we have quality. I don't understand why we're playing so bad. Um, But the team just looks deflated. The players just look defeated. Half the players don't want to play for the club anymore. You have players with great quality of bonds. He said, just riding the bench, just waiting to get the heck out of there. Uh, A great player like Marcelo, even though, yeah, he's way past his prime. Probably it was a bad signing for Libiacos, honestly. And, I said it at the beginning of this podcast when it was signed. A lot of Ike fans were reaching out to me being like, why aren't we making big signings like this? Why aren't we getting players like this? And I said, guys, just be patient. We'll talk about Marcelo. Just give me time. Give this time to play out. And we've seen what happens. Um, and it, and it's just psychologically, I feel like Olympiacos are just broken. They're just, they can't get a good result no matter how hard they play. Because I do feel like the first half... We just had better finishing. Uh, it wasn't, overall, it wasn't a dominating performance by Ike. Um, I didn't feel like it was very dominating, but it was a good performance. We were just more thorough. We, we took advantage of our chances, as you should in big games like this. Um, <coughs> excuse me, guys. So, then you get late into the first half. Uh, the 27th minute, you know, we keep pressing, pressing, pressing. And 
the deflation of Olympiacos was really evident right after Samaseko scores the own goal and, make, and makes it 2-0 for Ike, where no one on that team went to go talk to the guy. You want to talk to your teammate. As a defender, as a former defender that I played, because I played mostly uh, left back and center back when I played football many, many, many years ago at a very amateur level. Like, for those of you that know what I'm talking about, like YMCA level, not anything, you know, I wasn't anything special at all. Um, but even playing at that level, it, I never, I don't think I ever scored my own goal in an, in an actual match, in an official match. But we did have a few scrimmages against older older kids than us that were very difficult where, yeah, in a, in a scrimmage or in practice, I may have scored an own goal. Even in that sense, it's such an amateur level. It's not a good feeling at all to put the ball in the back of your own net. And as a defender, especially not to call Socrati out, but you're supposed to be the leader of this defense. You're supposed to be the leader of this club. You're a Greek. You're one of very few Greek players in the starting lineup of Olympiacos. You need to be a leader at that point and go up to your boy and talk to him get him to shake it off uh they just looked deflated they just looked like okay let's let's get this over with um so uh Gatsinovic who's an ex-teammate of Samoseko at Hoffenheim was actually the one that went up to him and, and hugged him and that, that was just like a very touchy moment because you could tell how much teammates actually care about each other and uh it shows the the character that Gatsinovic has um very impressive. Uh, first half, obviously, Levy's finishing. Um, other notes that I have here, Galanopolo shut down Inbam Wang. Inbam, I don't think I heard his name the entire game. He's one of, him and James Rodriguez were probably the two players, and the Lanambi, obviously, because I saw that he started, were the three players that scare me on Olympiacos' roster. They're good quality players. They're fast players, good football minds. Um, obviously, Hamas did not play. But those were the players that scared me. And Galanopoulos did such a good job at shutting him down. You rarely heard his name. Anytime um, Imbam would get the ball, Galanopoulos would kind of harass him. And great job. Galanopoulos just had a, a great match. You know, a few weeks ago, it was said in an interview that this season for him has kind of been like an an, an in-season, entire season training session where for him to get try to get his form back, hopefully for the kid, man, the kid's got so much talent for Ike and for the the Greek national team. I really could hope this kid finds his stride and, and stays injury-free for a while. That way he can perform at the level that he can and get back to where he needs to be. Um, very proud of the kid. Very proud of Levy Garcia, who you guys know if you guys want to listen to some early podcasts that, eh, honestly, were not really awesome, but it was in my early recording days, was the game after uh, the Volos loss. Um, our first loss of the season, which was like, I think the second or third game in this in the season total. It was match day two or match day three, the Thimama Pidia. That was a very interesting podcast because I said how bad Levy Garcia sucked. Again, I have to apologize. This kid's coming into his own. He's going to hopefully bring the team 
hopefully two trophies this year at that center forward position. And then also bring our club maybe some money in the summer transfer window. A lot of teams are looking at him, and especially if he continues this run of, of great finishing that obviously he's been working on in practice because we remember he had plays like that in the first game against Libekos that he could not put away because that, um, even though it's a pretty decent center back pairing, Doi and um, Socrati, for me, it's a little slow. When you get a player with the speed of... of um, Levy Garcia to get behind that defense. I mean, you saw it over and over and over again. I think the poor kid was fouled like like 20 times in the entire match. Every time the ball would go up towards him, Doi or uh, Papastathopoulos had no choice but to foul him. And, um, you know, there was also that double penalty in the box that was never called. That's officiating. I mean, guys, look, this is the Greek Super League. If you're talking about wanting to get foreign refs to to referee these big matches. I'm sorry, no disrespect at all to Montenegro, but can we get, like, upper echelon referees? Obviously, they probably can't afford them from, like, England, you know, Spain. I know we've had a few Spanish referees, but anyway, let me digress about that refereeing thing right now. Um... You know, Haji Safi played a great match. Sidi uh, Beh was rightfully... I mean, Haji Safi, let me go back. Haji Safi had a great match, except for those two plays. And that's... I mean, look, the guy is older. He's supposed to be our backup right now. And it's going to give us trouble anytime you get a speedy player like Gary Rodriguez or someone that's that's fast like that to go up against him. Um, but he's a he's a quality defender for the most part. Um, Gary Rodriguez just couldn't have quality finishing to match up his speed. Uh, but he overall played a good match. Um, C.D. Bear, for me, was Ike's best player on the pitch. The hustle, the defense was there. He's a little heavy, kind of like Haji Safi, which kind of worried me a little bit. But the problem is, I mean, and if you listen to the Backwest fans, and my friend that's the Backwest fan that I was talking to the other day, they have no wingers. They're like, we haven't had wingers in years. We keep hoping like Gary Rodriguez will pan out or some other guy that comes in will pan out. And we, we don't have any wingers. Um, so, and it was nice to see C.D. Bet. C.D. Bet, his two best games have been in two of the biggest games of the season. Against Panathinaikos and against Libakos. Enough said. Like, I know he had that crappy game against Yana that, that, yes, could potentially cost us a lot down the road. Uh, but, you know, overall, the guy, I mean, Rota's playing lights out. He's the starter right now, but it's not bad to have a World Cup winner. It's Rota's backup. Um, Zuber, I think, is improving week by week. I think he's getting better. Um, showed that he had uh, a lot of great moves and a lot of great movement. A lot of good plays. <clears throat> Today, um, the midfield just dominated dominated that midfield of Olibakos. To take it back to Olibakos for a second, and Mitzel. I don't understand why Mitzel did not start either Valbuena or Fortunis. These are matches that you need those players. But I mean, it's good for Ike that he didn't do that, but I really don't understand that because you need those players that have that extra passion, that know what these derbies are about. 
that know how much this would mean to the people of Olympiacos to get that first win in, in Hagia Sofia. I think that's one major, major mistake that Mitzel made that he missed out on. Um, equally, I think it was great that, you know, the Redeem team on Ike's end, these players wanted to go out and prove themselves. You know, they've been, they've been battered around, especially Mandalos the past few years against Olympiacos. He's hurt a lot. Um, he's heard a lot from the crowd. Um, Levy Garcia, you know, the, the last time, I mean, yeah, I'm giving him praises today, but I'm not going to lie. The, the league game after Encarezcaqui that we played against Olympiacos, the chances that he missed in that match, that was, uh, I, I, I still feel like I'm missing hair on top of my head from that match, uh, from the chances that he missed. Um, you know, moving on to the second half, Changes were made on both on um, Olympiacos' side. Pep Biel, he probably came out because of an injury. He's a good player. Um, Olympiacos made some changes at the beginning of the second half. They threw in Fortunis um, and really tried to take it to Ike. For the first few minutes, they did. And then I saw, not Ike getting tired, but I just felt, and right when I was making this thought, I saw the, I heard the announcement that... Um, Simonski and Araujo were coming on for Zuber and Galanopolo because I felt like we needed some freshness. We needed some fresh legs, uh, players that could hold on to the ball. It was smart by Almeida to throw that in there. Galanopolo's a good player, but Simonski's a great uh, defensive midfielder. Uh, you know, he's been a beast this year. Araujo, you can't rave enough about the captain, about the, the, the nitty-gritty, the dirty things that Araujo does. Dirty in a good way. Um, I did feel like there was one missed opportunity by Almeida, if I can kind of critique him. And listen, no matter how good a a coach is, and these are my personal opinions and my points of views, and we can all have them, it's no big deal. Uh, Who am I to criticize Almeida? Who am I to criticize any football manager? I would have thrown on Pineda a little bit earlier. For me, I think he waited too long. I would have thrown him on. He threw him on around the 81st, 82nd minute. Um, I would have probably put him in around the 75th. Just to bring on some fresher legs in the midfield. And to, you know, he can really attack and get behind Olibiakos' defense. Because I really feel that we should have pushed for that third goal earlier. I know the goal came eventually, but I'm talking about my feelings. As I'm watching the match unfold and it's 2-0 and you know if Olympiacos score one goal the last few minutes are going to be hectic you know if they score one goal they're going to be right back in it if if the match finishes 2-1 or you know if they were able to get a second 2-2 it's a whole different ball game going into Karaskaki as opposed to enforcing pushing your will on them enforcing it and making it 3-0 I would have liked to have seen that a little bit earlier um, to talk about some of the, you know, refereeing in the match. I think the referee did a decent job. I don't understand how the VAR ref did not see the penalty against um, against Socrates, the double penalty against Socrates, and I'm pretty sure I think it was Vrusai or Doi. I'm not sure. Um, but for me, I felt like either one of those could have been called a penalty either one of those fouls on, uh, especially where you clearly, and this is Papastathopoulos, uh, 
just his natural reaction. I've seen him do it time and time again where he'll just grab the shoulder of a of an attacking player. Um, that one still would have been kind of soft to me, but it, it, for me, it's still a penalty that would, just was not given. I can understand the ref not giving it, but I don't understand why VAR, VAR didn't give it. Excuse me, guys. On the other hand, um, the the I don't see how the referee did not see the clear cut penalty live right in front of him. Um, it did look like Gatsinovic fell aggressively, and even the most hardcore Libeko supporter, somewhere out there saying you know the refs were against us, blah blah blah. First off, how does it feel to get a taste of your own medicine if you feel that way? Uh, second of all. Um, most Olibacos people, most Olibacos fans, even the Olibacos reporters said, hands down, that was a penalty. That was a dumb play by Doy. They've seen him do it time and time again. He was called for the same penalty in um, their last cup game against Aris. They didn't pay for it in that match. In this match, they paid for it. Um, and I didn't get the whole thing with... I understand Valbuena came on to the field and the referee called the play back, but he didn't call it back automatically. I think one of those players should have been given a red card. Either you could have given a red card to Valbuena because that, that's complete BS that, A, he came onto the field without permission and committed a foul. It wasn't like he just trot, naturally just trotted onto the field. Like, he came in and, like put his body in the way of Amrabat to, to block him out, to foul him. Um, and then in the same play, you had a clear breakaway opportunity for Ike where Doi, uh, no, it, it, it was uh, not Doi, it was Remchuk, Remchuk uh, Oleg, um, pulls down Pineda because Pineda is getting away from him. I mean, that's clear cut. If it's a clear opportunity on goal and you're the last defender and you commit such a silly foul. That's a straight red. Um, so, but all ends well, all's well. Uh, massive, massive victory for Ike. Massive um, confidence booster for the club. For me, I think it's a, it's a dagger to Olibiakos more than anything. It's a dagger to Olibiakos. A lot of Olibiakos fans, except for the most fanatical and God bless them, it's still, I mean, they technically still have a chance and they have a lot of quality to get it together and compete for the league title. But I think this is like a a turning point. It's going to be hard for them to overcome this. I mean, they're professionals. Anything's possible. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, like I've said from the beginning of the season, I would never count them out. I never count out Olibiakos for anything. Um <laughs> Excuse me, guys. <clears throat> very, very solid win for Ike. Very, I mean, I wasn't impressed by the football. I felt like there were a lot of mistakes made sometimes. Um, the midfield made a lot of mistakes, but very, it's very important that everyone understands their role. Everyone comes in and plays their hearts out. And winning cures all ills. Like, you could see the confidence in all the players. You could see the confidence growing as a striker in Levy Garcia. The confidence in Mandalus when he comes on to the, to the pitch. Um, 
Galanopolo getting better. Zuber, I feel like game by game, he's he's slowly starting to get it back. I know the goals and the finishing aren't there yet, but his confidence is, is growing and it's going to keep growing as long as his team's winning. Um, next up for Ike, we have Livadiakos in the league on Monday. Um, very important match that we pick up three points there and keep pace. Also, <sighs> all right, let's get into the to the fun stuff, guys. Um, trying to think on if there's anything else I want to touch on as far as the match is concerned. I can't think of anything right now. As you guys know that listen to this podcast, if there's anything I might have left out, I'll touch base on it in the next podcast. Um, let's get to the really fun stuff. So, the decision of the Atromitos Ike match is going to come out on Monday. So, all week I've been kind of biting my tongue. I mean, there were nights where I, I picked up my computer and I was getting ready to record a podcast. I was going to come on here and just rant out and rant and go against everybody and really take it to them. What I really wanted to happen and what my gut feeling guy and I'm being totally honest here, what my gut feeling was that we were going to come out and get a result like this against Olympiacos and that we were going to let our football do the talking because screw your measurement gate. Screw the whole thing where everyone believes Ike wants to be a paper champion or wants to get the game, wants to take the three points on paper or in the courthouse. That's unrealistic. We're playing the best football in Greece. And we proved that today against Olympiacos. We're playing the best football in Greece. None of our opponents, no major team that's come to Hagia Sofia. Ike Bauk, 2-0. Ike Panathinaikos, 1-0. Ike Aris, 3-0. Ike Olympiacos, 3-0. None of you have even scored a goal. So, <laughs> look, I don't care that Bauk went to pretty steady and Olympiacos went to pretty steady and they dropped two points there. That's not the point. Rules are rules. And anyone who thinks it's foolish that footballers can walk into a, a, a football ground and not be able to tell that the goals are shorter, then I don't know what to tell you, man. Then you must not be paying attention at your own job. Because I can tell you just from walking into a restaurant, if I put something to, to grill it on the grill, I can automatically tell you like if that grill's not working properly or not. I know that's a kind of a crass uh, kind of a crass example, guys, but you know, I can uh I, I worked in, 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 in restaurant management. I can literally, not that I'm trying to brag, pick up a stack of twenties and probably get close to telling you to how much money a, a stack of twenty dollar bills and tell you exactly how much money close enough to it by just feeling it how much is there because I've done it so many times so you can't tell me that a footballer that's played football for freaking 30 years of his life is not cannot walk out there and be like wow I mean this looks a lot shorter than it's supposed to be that we're trying to get this game on paper I guess not Tromitos I mean I can understand if we did it against if we went to Karaskaki for the return leg of this match or did it in the playoffs against Panathinaikos I can understand, okay, or Ike is scared. They don't want to play this match. No, baloney. And then for the Greek media to completely blow up on Ike and the fans, okay, the fans I'm leaving out of this because we have to be honest with ourselves and we know that if, if Olympiakos was doing this, 
I don't know what my feelings would be, okay? And I think any Ike fan can be honest and say that to themselves. So the fans can say whatever they want. The fans can say whatever they want. It's the media, man. It's the fact that you have uh, reporters from clubs and radio personalities that are saying, like, who cares? Ike should have played the game. No, it is. Ike cannot play the game if the... If the uh, if the post is shorter than what it's supposed to be, if the post is shorter than what it's supposed to be, then the the goal that um, that Zuber scored at Eroniegos in Napoli would have been uh, would have hit the post instead of gone in. Which that's a big goal. That makes a big difference. And this wasn't Ike. I just told them to measure it. The measurements were not right. Who knows what the correct measurement is? Okay, I'm not going to get into that. Even if it was a freaking centimeter low, then it's a centimeter too much. That can make a difference in a game. You know, a a fingertip save that hits the post. You know what I mean? Like, um, that can make a big difference in a match. You know, if if a goalkeeper's fingers are a centimeter longer, then that can make a difference between a goal or the ball going out. Um, I know that's a little bit different. You guys could argue that point. But that's what I'm not understanding is Ike is catching so much heat and no one is throwing heat, of course, to Spanos, who we know he's buddy-buddy with Marinakis. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's the honest to God's truth. No lying there. Um, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that everything that Olympiacos votes for in Apple or in the Super League, Atromitos follows suit. So I'm not just making this up. Um, not to get all, I hate talking about this back office, backstage Apple BS. You guys know how I feel about that, but it's something that's a part of our game. Ike is catching all this heat, and Atomitos is not catching anything. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's um, it was just very frustrating. But I think Ike did the proper thing, and this is exactly why we saw exactly why this was going on, because Olibiakos is scared. I heard all week, oh, You know, Olibiakos fans love to say Ike is a small team. You know, I kept hearing this from all these Olympiacos fans. Then I'm like, okay, if we're such a small club, then why is your owner wasting his time with us? Why is your owner always going against Ike for the past freaking 10 years? He's gone against Ike. He's battled Ike. He's been battling Ike all week. Do what Ike did. Go into the stadium and prove yourself then. Ike proved themselves. We have the best defense in the Greek League. We have the best offense in the Greek League this year. I mean, all around, we're the best team right now. That's, I mean, there's nothing more, there's nothing more to say. We're not afraid of Atromitos. Now, could I drop points in Beristeri? Absolutely. But you can't tell me that it's a definite. For me, personally, I really, really hope, and this is my own personal opinion, and I'll touch on something else afterwards and let it go, uh, I hope that the, the the DA or the prosecutor, whatever you call them, the Greek, the courthouse, the athletic—I forget how you, how it's translated—the the, the court system in Greece, the athletic court system in Greece. Instead of just awarding the match for Ike on paper, I really hope they make us replay it, and then I hope we go out and, and really stick it out. Throw me those. That's my. I hope they make us play this match. For a different reason, I hope they make us play this match because, and I think this was the concern of just normal fans like myself, uh, besides it being my team, 
I didn't want this to set a new precedent in Greek football where, you know, and I was really, really worried about this, where Olympiacos comes in in Philadelphia and just there's a crooked sign or something and they say, okay, we're walking out, we're not playing this match or we want everything to be evaluated before we play this match. Um, Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, That was my fear that, and it still is my fear that if I go awarded the points on paper that other teams will follow suit and try to do this. Or, you know, either way it sets a bad precedent. Or if Iker are not awarded these points... Let's say Olibiacos comes into the Philadelphia this Thursday and says, you know what? Let, um, you know, Hamas is injured. Imbalm is not uh, fully fit. Let's just, let's just get them to measure it and let's see if it's off. That way we can kind of postpone the match, you know, um, I don't know what to say, guys, on this situation. Uh, but Ike aren't afraid of nobody. Ike are not paper champions. The other thing that I've heard that I'm going to touch on very briefly is how, from Olympiacos fan side, they've said, like, Termai hipotesimeto Velmer, me pite tipota anymore about the, the Velmer, the 2008 situation where Olympiacos are and were the only team on paper that won the Greek championship. Um, that took it away from Ike, uh, an Ike that dominated them, an Ike that a few games before the, the season was over beat them 4-0 and had the best offense and best defense in the league. And they found a loophole, and I've never accepted it. I'm sorry. That, as you guys have probably heard on this podcast before, my fanhood, not in my club, but in Greek football as a whole, was shattered for a few years after that. I couldn't watch it the same I still have a hard time trusting anything that goes on in Greece for obvious reasons. And I think all fans can say that. And I think all fans, I'm sorry, every single one of the quote unquote big clubs has some type of little dirt in their history. No one is as, you know, white as, as snow, you know, as either fanatic fans on any side would have you believe, you know, don't listen to half the stuff that Takish Tokalas talks about. I can't wait to watch him. Uh, I tuned in every once in a while. You know, I don't want to say the things that he's going to say, but... And another dirty little secret I want to tell my friends from Olympiacos. This whole thing with them coming out with statements over and over and over. Hey, let me ask you guys something. Some of you guys that live in other countries, I've noticed through people that follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, looking at their profiles. I'm not stalking anyone, but... I've noticed you guys live in different countries that follow different leagues. You know, if you live in England, if you live in uh, Australia, Australia, I feel like would be similar to the U.S. But if you live in one of those countries, is this the same crap that goes on? The same crap you see in the, in the Greek Super League? Is this the stuff that goes on in the Premier League that goes on in Spain? If you're in Brazil or France, uh, let me know what you think, what you see going on there. I'm not talking about the fanboy and the banter stuff that goes on. I'm talking about the stuff we see in the Greek media, the stuff we see like teams making statements and this and that. Cause it's, you know, I, I follow the premier league, but I follow it through American eyes. So it's a little bit different. Uh, just, just let me know guys. Let me know what, what, you know, deep in my feeling on this clown show that is Epo, please. 
Um, I don't know. I, you know, it, to, to get, to put this to bed, it, it's just not the same as the Velmer situation because Olibiaco submitted a complaint. Ike didn't, Ike just said, take the measurements. They don't look right. And it was the referee that abandoned the match. Ike didn't step off the field because honestly, if the referee had said, Ike, you need to come out here and play this match and we'll figure it out afterwards or you can take it to court afterwards, then I truly believe Ike would have gone out there and played. But that wasn't the, that wasn't the plan. Um, anyway, let's move on from that. Let me briefly touch on the basketball team. The basketball team got a huge victory against Limoges, a French team in, uh, in Anuyosha, the last, um, serving the last sentence of the empty stadium. So starting with the next match, home match, in the BCL, we'll have home fans. We have two home games left, and hopefully, hopefully, if we can win out, you know, we came back from twenty points down in this match, which was uh, very critical. We were able to take this. Um, I watched the end of the, the end of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter, and I played very well. I don't like this the way the team gets down early and then tries to come back in these matches because I do think when you find um, a quality opponent, you're just going to have a rough time with coming back on them. Akil Mitchell, again, is MVP of Ike's season in basketball. Um, the guy's a beast. He's probably, unfortunately, not going to be around next year because I'm sure he'll get a bigger move um, to either a bigger a bigger club in the, in the Euro League or to a team that has a bigger budget and can offer him more money in the BCL. I mean, hopefully he doesn't, but... You know, we've all seen what good player he is. Strelnik's hit a couple of big threes down the stretch. The defense really clamped up down the stretch and was able to shut down Lemos. So we have to go in, in about a month's time to play Lemos in France. And then uh, hopefully we can get a victory there. I think this match, I know we won it by more than five points. So hopefully we can either, if we lose, we lose less than that. Of course, I've talked about this before, the whole aggregate thing in basketball. And then um, I think the big question is going to be the big game where a lot of this have to show up and Anil Losha will be against Galatasaray to get that second spot and move on to the quarterfinals of the BCL. But uh, I hope everyone enjoys their weekend. Sorry, a lot of ground to cover today. Lots of stuff to talk about. Exciting. I'm so glad this team went out and proved to everyone who the team is to beat in both the Greek Cup and the Greek League this year. Forza, Ekara, Pospanda, Pedia. Hopefully we can get a win Monday against Livadiakos. And uh, let's see what also happens in the, in the court case. That's all I got to say. Um, and I'll talk to you guys next week.